Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and throughout Central Florida. In either case, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I am delighted to welcome Nick Diebel as our guest. Nick graduated from Rollins in 2022 and is currently a student at the Crummer Graduate School of Business. While at Rollins, Nick played on the men's golf team and still does as a graduate student. During his season last year, Nick was named to the Sunshine State Conference Commissioner's Honor Roll, played in eight tournaments, posted a stroke average of 75.3. I could spend the whole show trying to figure out how I could learn how to do that. <laughs> Finished a uh, season best tied for 18th with an even par uh, score at the Sunshine State Conference Championship last April. Uh, Nick, great to have you on the show. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, Sam, thank you. Thank you for having me. So give us your quick story. You're a good local kid um, who chose Rollins. Tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of uh, Nick pre-Rollins and, and what sure. brought you to Rollins College. So for me, um, I'm from Winter Park. I actually grew up uh, just off of Park Avenue, and I went to Bishop Moore High School in Orlando. So it's actually funny with the college I went to is a little bit closer than the high school I went to. So a little bit longer commute there. Right. But, um, you know, in high school, I played golf, uh, played a lot of different sports growing up, but decided to focus on golf when I was about, you know, 14, 15, that freshman in high school age. And as I kind of, you know, went along further in my career playing a lot of junior golf, I was trying to figure out where I could play golf in college. And went on a couple of visits, you know, places in Georgia and other places in the southeast and kind of never really took a look in my own backyard. Um, so it's interesting. I um, I know you're good friends with Kyle Frakes, our Vince golf coach. And yeah. I gave Kyle a call and first couple of times, you know, he he said, well, maybe. And then finally I got through to him a little bit. And um, uh, the more I looked at Rollins, the more I kind of fell in love with it, Sam. Um, you know, I, I will say being from Winter Park, I kind of took it for granted. You know, I spent a little bit of time over here growing up, but um, at various sports camps and things like that. But the more I got to know Rollins and walked around and saw how beautiful the campus was and how great the leadership was, I really, really fell in love with it, which is kind of the reason why I chose to come here. Yeah, love that. I might need to, you to talk to my son, who's a senior in high school, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's right in front of him, and he uh, he's not sure he wants to come here either, but that's a whole other show, another discussion. How, what was your... Rollins experience like right like you know four years tough with COVID student athlete did you what else did you were you involved with as a student so when I um you know when I first came to school it was uh it was not not too bad of a transition I would say just because I knew the area I was familiar with the area and I actually had a lot of um a decent amount of people from the central Florida area that came to Rollins that I knew some from my high school so the transition wasn't too hard but um I I loved my four years here. My first year was um, was interesting because, you know, golf-wise, we play in the fall and the spring, and I had qualified for the first event my freshman year, which was exciting but um, also terrifying at the same time. <laughs> so, um, you know, went on to play just about every tournament my freshman year, which was unbelievable, and we made it to the NCAA Regional that year, which is um, that's the only time I've been, so hopefully we'll be back there in, you know, two, three months with, yep. uh, with our team this year. 
But um, it was, yeah, so freshman year was great. A lot of great memories, met, met a lot of great friends and friends that, you know, I can see myself having for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, sophomore year rolls around, and we kind of get in that COVID stage, which was, um, you know, tough for everybody. But um, I'll tell you what, it, it um, a year and a half went by where I, we weren't playing a lot of golf, and I hadn't played any tournaments. And it was, um, I don't want to use the word, sad but it was kind of a sad time sure. just because it was you know we had a great team and um we thought we were going to play some great golf and we really didn't have the chance to and then we kind of roll into my senior year in the fall we did not or my junior year sorry in the fall we did not play and then in the spring you know we played three or four times but we really felt like if we had the chance to play we would have really done something it was um we had a special group of guys those two years so yeah. it's a little disappointing but I mean obviously the circumstances out of your hands and um you just kind of make the best with uh with what happened yeah for sure what you know t t tell me a little bit about your uh what did you major in i was an economics major okay um how would you describe the faculty teaching and sort of student learning environment you know what was it like for you i think it's excellent and um i I think it's excellent, and I also think it depends on what you're looking for, especially coming out of high school. I mean, you talk about your son. If you, you know, if he's looking for a big school where you're going to have big classes and attendance may not be as mandatory, you know, that's something you look for. But at Rollins, I think that you know the small class environment, the teachers and professors are very engaged and always available for you. You know, after hours for help. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been struggling with something and I didn't even make an appointment to go see a professor and I just maybe I'll wander in the economics department and, you know, see if they're there and then, you know, they would be there and help. And, um, I think the learning environment is great. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's something I really didn't even know I liked as far as smaller classes, mm, more accessibility to professors until I got here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I have no complaints about that. Any, um, would you, would you consider coach Frakes, you know, sort of a mentor, you know, did you find one in the classroom, out of the classroom? Obviously, as an athlete, um, there's sometimes a natural, you know, affinity towards the coach. But what, what was that sort of mentor um, relationship like, if, if, if you even had one here? I would say Coach Frakes is definitely one of my mentors. Yeah. Um, he has been nothing but unbelievable to me since I've gotten here and even before then. I did not know him uh, very well at all until I got here. I'd heard his name around, you know, the Winter Park area and being around Rollins sports camps and things like that. But when I got here, he, um, you know, he gave me a chance to play right away, yeah. which is something that um, it sounds a little ridiculous, but I, I really think it's something to be valued to, you know, to step in and really have a chance to play yeah. and not be redshirted or, you know, have to wait a year. And yeah. so my relationship with Coach Frakes has just grown into something to where um, I'm extremely grateful and extremely thankful for. Um, he has been nothing but unbelievable to me and my family, and yeah. I will forever be grateful for him. One of the best, for sure. We had Absolutely. him on the show. And Absolutely. He, I was telling you a little bit of it before this. Um, he was here when I was a student. Uh, <laughs> he's been know, here forever, He's been Sam. here for a minute, that's for sure. And um, we used to have him on a little radio show we did called Tar Talk Live, you know, a long time ago. And he was a great radio guest then. He was a great, great radio guest for, for Talk of the uh, Rollins Around Town, so uh, one, one of my favorites. Did you did you have time for extracurricular, you know, co-curricular experiences other than classes and and, and golf? Um, <laughs> it 
funny you ask that. I mean, I, I, I do a little things on the personal side as far as, a, you know, we uh, help run a charity, which I'm... Yeah, I, we want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that okay. a little bit later. But um, besides golf and uh, school, I found my hands pretty full. I can imagine. And anytime I had free time, I wanted to play some golf, yeah. which uh, selfishly, I really yeah. enjoy playing golf. So That's good. that was kind of, uh, kind of my free time activity. So you, you, you graduate last year, uh, you get the extra year of eligibility because of COVID, um, and you chose Crummer. What was your, what's, what's sort of your why for, for wanting to go to Crummer? Would you, do you think you would have gone to Crummer if, if you didn't get that extra year of eligibility? I th- um, the short answer to that is I'd say probably no, and no right now. Yeah. I'd always kind of had a vision in my mind to where I would graduate in four years, I'd go work. And then maybe come back and get my MBA, you know, five, six years down the road. But, um, you know, as you said, with the COVID year, it just really gave me a great opportunity to get it all done now. And um, I'm in the year and a half program at Crummer, which really fit what I was looking for. You know, I could save the extra three months in that semester to instead of doing two years, I can complete it in a year and a half, which is it's going to work out well for me. I I hope so. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. I was not always, I, I really never thought I was going to go to Crummer until, you know, I realized, well, maybe I'll go play golf another year. And Kyle was, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have Kyle want to want me back and to name me captain of the team. So awesome. it was, um, it, it all worked out well. And I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. Very happy where I am. How's the Crummer experience, you know, in terms of the, the challenge, the learning, the faculty, pretty similar experiences, Rollins? I would say, um, I would say it's a little similar, but, uh, uh, you know, minuscule things are different. I, yeah. A lot of it is group work, which is, you know, you're in a cohort and then you're kind of put into groups of four and five students, which um, I see what they're trying to do in, in the sense that, you know, you're trying to collaborate with other students and being able to work as a team because that's what you're going to see in the real professional world. But um, I, I think that the Crummer curriculum has been really good. It's been challenging. And I, I really like the, the style of learning there. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. And, and just one more golf thing. You, the, the golf team, Kyle, has been fortunate to, uh, I guess, recruit an, an assistant coach, uh, at least a good volunteer assistant at the moment, sure. uh, Rob Oppenheim, a, a, yeah. a Rollins alum and a PGA Tour uh, player, um, um, helping out the team. I mean, talk about the opportunity to have someone like Rob, you know, coaching, helping, guiding, advising, you know, the, the men's mm-hmm. golf team. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable. And I think that we are very unique here at Rollins to have that chance and that opportunity. Yeah. Um, Rob is, you know, he's got a lot of things going on in his own life and he certainly does not have to spend his free time with us. Um, right. You know, he's got two kids and, and a wife at home that ins- expect him to do things every day. So we are, I mean, I'm so thankful for that. And um, it's funny, Sam, you know, in the in the fall, I broke a bone in my foot. So I was not playing for two tournaments. And Rob was kind of first starting to come on the road with us. And Kyle brought me along to the tournaments. He said, you know, I'd like, like you to help out. You know, you've been here for a couple of years. I think you can help us. And um, so Rob and I coached sit in the cart for 10 hours a day and we really got to know each other then and right you know ever since then um it's been a great relationship and i'm very thankful that's for that. awesome great guy we'll get him we, he, we need to get him on the show on, yeah day. we're gonna get him on the show yes absolutely love it so let's change gears a little bit and talk about your family uh the Diebel name is is 
incredibly well known in Central Florida, certainly in Winter Park. Uh, for starters, your grandfather was a fairly famous, you know, well-known OBGYN here. So, right, anybody who had a kid probably went to uh, Don. <laughs> had a lot of friends in high school yes. that my grandpa delivered, yeah. Yeah, and then your dad worked there and kind of chose the same career path. Your mom was a city commissioner here in Winter Park. Um, but you, you had tragedy um, where you lost your father, and, and, and now um, because of that there's the Diebel Legacy Fund at the Central Florida Foundation. It was established in 20, uh, 2002 um, as the N. Ronald Diebel Jr. MD Good Samaritan Fund. We've shortened that name up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's an important story. Uh, your dad was traveling with, with the family on the Florida Turnpike. Um, and as a Good Samaritan, he stopped to assist someone at an accident scene. And, and he was trying to help a, get a woman out of a car. And he was... He was killed on, on, on site by, by, a, by a semi-trailer. Um, terrible, tragic, uh, hard to imagine. How, um, you know, how, how, do you, how do you go on? Like, how, do, how, do, how does the family deal with that and, and move on? That's super hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, um, it's an important time in my life. Um, it's a tragic part of my life. But I will sit here today, Sam, and tell you that um, I am – beyond blessed in my life and i've you know my family and myself we've seen tragedy and but i am i'm beyond blessed and um yeah as you mentioned you know the diva legacy fund that's um it was started just after my dad passed in 2002 by a couple friends of his Mm. and my grandfather and a couple other family members my mom helped out a little bit there and it has grown you know into something that uh, now i'm president of the diva legacy fund and we have um we took a little bit of a break in fundraising when the recession hit. It was kind of hard to, you know, get people to open their wallets and give to an organization. And yeah, um, but ev- ever since I would say 2020, we've restarted fundraising. You know, we did some things in the teens of the two, um, you know, 2014 to 2020, but we really started getting going again in 2020, and it's been it's been great. We've raised more money in the last uh, two and a half years than we have in any year any year time period and it's been really really good that's awesome really, really what's good. the what's the mission what's the purpose of the of the legacy fund so my dad was an obstetrician gynecologist just like my grandfather um he wanted to follow in his footsteps and it's main the mission of the fund is mainly about women's health care okay. and just health care in general so what we focus on is we work with shepherd's hope which is a uh, local nonprofit here in the central florida community they have three clinics across orlando yeah and then we work with the Knights. We, we invented this thing with the UCF Medical School called the Knights Clinic. So I'll start with Shepherd's Hope. Yeah. Shepherd's Hope, they give acute care to individuals and families who do not have insurance or are impoverished. So, um, you know, in the state of Florida, I, I believe about 20% of people do not have health insurance. So it's definitely something that um, I would say you and I take for granted. You yeah. know, we break our arm and we go in and they say, you know, who's your insurance? And, uh, you know, you pull out your insurance card and it's a pretty painless process, but yep. there's a lot of people that do not have insurance. So this is a place for them to go, whether it's to receive medication, see a dentist, um, and it's completely volunteer, volunteer based. And we give, uh, about half of our money every year that we raise to them. And we actually have a clinic named after my dad that we did many years ago. And, um, it's been really good partnership with them. 
And then the second thing we do is we, when UCF decided to open up a medical school, we worked with them to create a clinic to where medical students could volunteer at Grace Medical Home. Now, Grace Medical Home is a very similar thing to Shepherd's Hope. Right. They do more ongoing care, and Shepherd's Hope does more acute care, but it's the same thing. They're focused on individuals that do not have insurance or are impoverished, um, which the Knights Clinic has been very unique because it's not often in the medical school where you, students will get real-time experience. Yeah. And that's one of the missions of our, our foundation was, you know, we thought, um, you know, we obviously thought the world of my dad and we wanted to create more doctors like my dad, yeah. more, more doctors like Donnie is which you know, mm -hmm. you'd hear a lot. And this is kind of a way that we found that we could do that. And we funded mission trips that have gone down to South America and the Caribbean, um, and through UCF and the Knights clinic has been a great addition of that because we feel that. Um, it's very unique for a medical school student to get real-time experience instead of, you know, being in the classroom at all times. Right. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting, interesting thing. So Amazing. those are the two, those are the two um, beneficiaries mostly. And then yeah. we kind of sprinkle other things around, you know, smaller grants that fit our mission. Great organizations. I know both Shepherd's Hope and Grace um, very well and, and incredibly important um, um, resources here, like you said, for the uninsured in, in Central Florida. What do you? What's the fundraising? I mean, is it just asking friends? Is it events? And I know, I know, there's a golf tournament. Tell us a little bit sure, about some of sure. those. So early on, um, when I was not involved, I was a little too young. Um, we had galas every year, so we'd have big, you know, big events with a poker night, <laughs> and then you, you know, you'd invite a band and you'd do big silent auctions and things like that. But that that became very; those are very expensive to run, and right. um, they're very time consuming. Yeah. So everybody was getting a little bit fed up with those. In our family um, but then I um, so like I said we lead up into 2007 2008 2009 a little bit of break in fundraising and then you know from that point on 2010 we you know we did small things we tried to you know do small dinners things like that but we there wasn't much enthusiasm at that point yeah so fast forward to 2020 um, I, I kind of remember this like it was yesterday I was sitting Panera Bread on Park Avenue with yeah. my grandfather. And, you know, we get to the topic of, you know, how's the Debo Legacy Fund doing? And he says, you know, we, we're not raising enough, you know, we're not raising a lot of money. We need to raise more money. And I was kind of like sitting, I remember sitting there thinking in my head, I was like, this is something that, um, you know, I'm sure my dad's looking down on us and saying, you know, this is something that you guys need to, you guys need to do. It's yeah. important. Um, the whole, the whole mission of it was to, for remembrance of him and to create more doctors like him. And to be honest, at that point, it didn't really seem like we were fulfilling that mission. So um, that fast forward about a couple months, I said, you know what, why don't we put on a golf tournament? We'll do a charity golf tournament. I'm a golfer. That's kind of the only thing I knew how to do. I, I was thinking around, I was like, okay, I can't run a gala. I can't host a dinner at my house. I don't own a house. Right. So I guess we'll do a golf tournament. So, um, you know, we did our first tournament in 2020. And it was, uh, we did it over at Interlock and Country Club, which um, my family belongs to. And they've been very, very helpful in the process. And then from that point on, Sam, it was, um, nobody likes to ask people for money. Right. It's, um, it's one of the most awkward things of all time. Right. And, they, and, and the other thing is that you don't want to feel like you owe someone something. <laughs> right. So um, that was kind of a learning curve a little bit. But what I did is 
it was a very small operation on the first one. And it's still kind of a small operation to this day. But I literally just went through my contacts and I just started calling people. And I went through um, our bank account at the fund and I said, who's given money in the past and started calling them too. And it was kind of trial and error the first year. It was figuring things out on the go a little bit. How do I do this? How do I do that? But um, it it worked out unbelievably. We raised almost $100,000 our first year. And then, you know, um, ever since then, it's been been well over $100,000 every year. And it's been great. Spectacular. And a great learning experience for you. I mean, you know, it's a, with tragedy comes opportunity Absolutely. and, and um, you're, you're an irreplaceable person, but you're, you're, you're doing amazing things. And, and I, 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 I can imagine as a father deep down, he's, um, he's happy that you, you've got a learning experience out of this. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and, and turning something off, awfully sad into something really important for, for, for community and, and frankly, probably for you and your family in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So how can people uh, support if they're listening? Is there, do you have a website, do you have social media? Is there any way people can? Absolutely, yeah. You go to the DebaLegacyFund.org, and you'll see a Donate Now tab at the bottom right of the page. And um, any any donations would be definitely appreciated. Yeah, love that. Deba Legacy Fund. That's awesome. .org, yes, sir. Um, mom was a, a community leader, put herself out there in public service. Uh, as a city commissioner in, in a, in, during a tough time. Tough I, I, time. I remember tough I was time. running our Chamber of Commerce, yeah, and um, right. sometimes I felt like she and maybe one other commissioner and, and, and I and my board were about <laughs> the only people who, who believed in one thing and the community kind of believed in another. So Absolutely. she had a tough go, was a great uh, public servant, and um, I, I, I applaud her and, and appreciate her service yeah. for that. Do you, do you remember her time there at all? Uh, I do, I do. So um, it, it's funny. Um, you asked earlier about who my mentor was, and I, I would definitely say my mom is a mentor of mine, but my mom is absolutely my hero. Um, she was she was able to, you know, have a very tragic time in her life where she's a single mom now with three little boys. And and by uh, the way, a big shot at Verizon. Like, like she had a big-time job. Right. She, you know, Sam, it's funny. She, um, she just loves staying busy. She yeah. loves staying busy. She, <laughs> she's, uh, she's the busiest person in the room usually. So, um, but... Um, so she, you know, tragic, tragic uh, event with my dad, obviously, and the rest in my family. So she's left with three little boys and a single mm-hmm. mom. She's working, working and traveling full time. And then she, um, she takes on this role as a city commissioner and then eventually a vice mayor. And um, what I do remember from that time was um, I'm pretty sure the meetings were on Monday nights. Correct. So um, a lot of times she would she would bring me to the meetings and then have me in the room next door. Right. And she'd sit me there and say, do your homework or just stare at the wall. I'll be done in a little while. Right. And it was, uh, it was great. But uh, eventually I started sitting in on them a little bit and, uh, you know, started to learn something. And um, I will, I, I do remember, uh, you know, she'd, she'd get my brothers and I together and we'd go put out signs when she was running for reelection. And it was, uh, it was an interesting time in my life, but I'll tell you what, it's something that, um, when my mom puts her mind to something, she's 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 gonna do it. That's so. right. That's right. She was she's the best, and she I love seeing her periodically around town. And um, she's she's awfully impressive. Any uh, did that did it inspire you? Is there a seed somewhere in your soul where public service could become part of your uh, legacy? Um, I will tell you what I you know growing up in Winter Park and living here all my life, I I would I will say that um, 
I care about Winter Park deeply. Yeah. And I think it's so important for us to preserve Winter Park. And I think that's one of the things that Rollins plays a pivotal role in um, preserving Winter Park. And I will say that, you know, maybe down the line, you know, if, uh, if things, you know, are going away that maybe I don't <laughs> agree with or things like that, or maybe if you're tugging my arm, Sam, then we'll, <laughs> we'll have a conversation about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I could see myself doing it at a municipality level and or municipal level, and um, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Very good. Good. So you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. You sort of touched on it just, just there, you know. Like what? What is the role of Rollins in our region? You know, I think a lot of people think of us in just this little beautiful campus here uh, in Winter Park, but Rollins, and you talk about a legacy of the institution, is is so important. I think in our community. Uh, I'm curious to know, you know, what you think, and you have such a different and better perspective as a kid who grew up here and families deeply com- committed and involved, um, and now you're, you know about to sort of enter the working world in some form or fashion too. So what does Rollins mean to the central Florida region? Well, I will say that, um, I think it means a lot just to, just to start off. I think it means a lot. And the reason that it means a lot is because it's part of the winter park history. In my opinion, I don't think winter park would be what it is without Rollins. And, you know, when I, um, you know, when I got to school here, I also didn't realize how much of winter park Rollins owned which is uh, which is a lot right um and so that's um that's been interesting to see as well and seeing how they develop that but I, I will say i think that rollins is so special because it's hard to compare rollins to, to another place i mean obviously no disrespect to any other teams or any other schools in our conference but rollins is special and i think it's hard to compare rollins to um to other schools and i really hope that um you know, we, we keep that in mind going forward and keep that in mind and how it relates to Winter Park going forward. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, about it. that's that's to- totally agree and feel the same way. There's something about it. And I, you know, I can compare it to, to with my high school buddies who went to different colleges. Right. And I don't feel like, like they have a good core group of friends, but I don't think it's as broad and as wide and that they kind of use and engage with their college network. Sure. The way sure. me That's and my good. friends do. And obviously I, I work here, but but still my others who don't, my other friends who don't, there, there's just something about that Rollins connection that's pretty deep and yeah. pretty serious. And, and I will say, you know, being at Crummer the last uh, last couple of months, I can't tell you how many people I've met in Winter Park that say, oh, man, I, I graduated from Crummer. I graduated from Crummer. Right. So um, I think it's also very telling to the amount of Rollins graduates, Crummer graduates, Holt graduates that stay in Winter Park. Yes. I think that's very telling. Yes. Because, you know, if you're staying in this place and you're saying, okay, I want to raise my kids here and um, I want to send my kids to school in this town, I think that's a very telling thing about how great Rollins is, number one, and how great Winter Park is as well. Rollins around town. We didn't we didn't pick the name for the, for this show That's for right. nothing. Um, That's right. So what's next for you? Right, you finish Crummer in a year from now. Uh, yes, sir. I fin- well, yeah, December. Okay. Yes, sir. And so, what's next? Like, do you, do you have a, a specific job career that you're looking at, or are you just kind of taking it day to day, month to month? So I have a couple of different things that I'm interested in. I've done um, I've done a couple of different internships. I over the last couple of years. During my undergraduate time, I did a commercial insurance inter- internship, and then I did an internship here on Winter, in Winter Park with DRZ, yeah. um, which is uh, very tied into Rollins um, and a great company. Um, 
So hopefully um, I will have a little bit better answer for you in a couple months, but the, the short answer is no, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do yet, but looking forward to uh, figuring it out and moving on to the next step of my life. Love it. I asked these questions to all Rollins guests. Um, I, 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 I usually, and I did with you, uh, prep you. So if you're president of Rollins for a day, what's President Diebel do as president of Rollins College? Man. See, you, you prepped me for this question, but I still don't have a good answer for it. <laughs> I've heard the common answer is Fox Day. Yes. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to what going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, I think that, um, you know, if I was president for a day, I would just, I'd really sit back and say, what makes Ron special and how are we going to keep that going forward? Yeah. And how are we going to preserve that? Yeah. So. That's what uh, that's what our president. I don't know if you're looking for a serious answer <laughs> no, or, a, listen, or whatever. Yeah, that that's what our president does uh, yeah. pretty much daily, and so you're you, you you've got that in your pedigree clearly. So that's good stuff. D- did you ever have a place on campus? Do you have a place on campus where, you know, you're you're at your wits end and just you know stressed to the nines? What where, do you go anywhere? Do you sort of get away to chill yeah. for a minute? So uh, it's funny. I'd never been in a library. Well, I'd been in a library before I got to college. (laughs) Let me rephrase. I'd been in a library before I got to college, but I never spent a lot of time in a library. And when I got to college, I started to spend a lot of time over here in the Olin Library. So I'd say that's the one spot I feel like I've spent uh, a good amount of my time over the last five, four and a half years was there. I like it. I I went there a day or two ago. I I thought I had a meeting (laughs) in the library and it was it was the next week. So poor calendar management. But I just sat there for about an hour and just caught up on emails and read a little yeah. bit. And I was like, this is such a great it's a, space. It's a peaceful place. A peaceful place. Have you been place. up to that top room up at the top? Yeah, the oh pillow room. God. That's got to be the best best view in Winter Park. No doubt. It's the best no view doubt. in Winter Park. It's a great place. Uh, that's amazing. So just as we wrap up here, what's next for the golf team? Because yeah, you guys are pretty close to end of, end of season. So what, what's the last few months look like? Absolutely. So we play uh, the 14th of Mar- 14th and 15th of March in Valdosta, Georgia. That's Valdosta State's tournament. And then the week after that, we play Georgia College's tournament in Eatonton, Georgia. So back-to-back there. Then we'll have a week off and uh, go down to Miami to play in Barry's tournament. And then we'll have our conference tournament after that. So it's um, yeah. this is this is the time to play well. <laughs> this is the time to, for us Where's to. Where's the uh, conference tournament? It's in Miami as well. Okay. So Barry's the host. So it's going to be a back to back in Miami. Got it. Um, but yeah, no, this is the time to play well. If we play well the next couple of weeks, and we'll um, hopefully get a bid into the NCAA regional, and yep. then you know anything can happen from there. And we got a talented group of kids this year, and I'm uh, lucky to call them teammates. For I sure. love it. Well, they're lucky to have you on the team and, and as the captain. Uh, Nick Diebel, thanks for being with us. Thanks Sam. for all you do for Rollins, for Crummer, perhaps most importantly for the Diebel Legacy Fund, and uh, eager to see that uh, continue to grow and, and serve its purpose and mission uh, here in the Central Florida community. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Special thanks to Kalani, our awesome marketing coordinator and board operator. Uh, keep updated on all of our shows and guests uh, on Facebook and Instagram, Rollins Around Town, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So with that, uh, we wish you a great day, and thanks for tuning in to Rollins Around Town.